Hi everyone and welcome back to Constant Writers, a podcast where I talk to indie horror authors about all things to do with their work and of course Stephen King. My name is Dave Musson, I'm at Dave Musson on Instagram. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you haven't listened to the other episodes in this series yet, do go and check those out as well because I really think you'll enjoy them. But stick around for this episode because this time around I'm talking to my friend and yours, the excellent Jason Pellegrini. So I chat to Jason about reading, about writing, about Stephen King. He's a big fan of Stephen King, as you're going to find out. And then we go in depth on Jason's King book of choice, which is the classic 1975 novel, Salem's Lot. So do stick around for that. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Check out Jason's work. Do go and pick up some of his work. And hey, if you're looking to support other people as well, you can sign up to my mailing list. You can pick up my copy of the Ultimate Stephen King quiz book as well. But for now, it's all about Jason Pellegrini, so stick around for a great conversation, and I'll be back right at the end just to say bye-bye. Jason, welcome to Constant Writers. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been a while since I've uh, been on a podcast, but they're usually Stephen King ones, so I'll, I'm well-versed in uh, the combos. Yeah, well, definitely. And it's it's great to have you on. And you're right, we, we do have um, plenty of Stephen King stuff to get through. It is a, a Stephen King channel after all. But I wanted to start by really talking about you and, and your writing, because you've, you've carved a name for yourself over the last couple of years and, and put out some really great pieces of work. I guess to start, like, let's, let's go back to the start. So tell me a bit about how you got into reading and writing. Like, wh- where did all this come from? What's your What's your writer's origin story, as it were? Well, I, I've always been the creative type. Um, just always had like an overactive imagination. My uh, my mom said I used to lie like crazy and for like no reason when I was a little kid. Um, so I guess I put those that to good use. But you know, it was never something really that was on my radar. I did a creative writing course in college, um, but even then, then it was half-assing stuff. Though I wasn't getting is you know that's pretty good for just coming up with something on the fly just to have my paper done i always wanted to be a musician so the like the artistic stuff you know creativity was always in me i'm pretty good at drawing but it had to be around 2009 a friend of mine um he released a book um little plug for him michael sombert the never enders um he had just released it um and i picked it up just to support him you know i know I, I didn't even really read back then I think the only book I had read in like since high school was like Shadows of the Empire. So I had the book though. So, you know, I was working at like a gas station at the time. So I had a lot of downtime. So I was like, I'm just going to, yeah, read it. I have it. So I'm reading it, you know, and while I'm reading it, I'm like, huh. I'm like, I had all these, I've, I've always had like ideas, you know, like maybe like me and my friends tried to write like screenplays before and stuff um and i've always had like little ideas and nuggets there i'm like you know maybe i can do this um so it wasn't even like something like i thrive to do like it's just always the, the creative drive in me i guess it's always drives me yeah i'm um, like i thrive off creativity so it's like i have all these ideas let me uh let me go with that so you know i i, I tinkered and i tried some stuff out um Nothing that really I would ever have put out at the time. But then I had uncomfortable that I, you know, ideas kept coming to me and all that stuff. Um, 
So I, I eventually started writing what would end up being my first novel. Placement wasn't comfortable enough that I wasn't writing crap. You know, you're not going to release an album 10 minutes after you pick up a guitar and you can't play like a G chord correctly. Yeah. Um, so that's really it. I mean, it's just, I just supporting a friend and like, I've always wanted to be creative and that's really it. I don't know if that's like a, I know Stephen King's story was always, always had it in him. Yeah. But you know, some people are like drawn to it. It was never something really I was like drawn to, but something I love doing because I love being creative. Yeah, yeah, no, I I get that totally. I I I understand that. A lot of my a lot of my own hobbies are quite creative as well. I mean, similar to you, I, I play music and done various podcasts and stuff, and sort of got into giving writing a go in the last couple of years, really. So, I mean, w when you actually got to that point where you felt confident enough in your writing to to do something like what was was that all you needed to finally sort of put it out there for other people to read or or did you submit to like anthologies first like what what was the final thing that that pushed you over to actually put something out there for the world to look at um i mean it was always my intention as long as i felt that maybe as long as i felt confident i meant um that i had something uh, readable i don't want to say i have something great but um definitely something something readable that's not trash I just felt comfortable with the story I was writing. You know, it took a lot of, I think the replacement took maybe four years from the day I created the files to, I think almost four years to the date from the creation of the file to release date. A lot of stop and go, a lot of going back, a lot of, a lot of learning because I was still very much learning, very different from my second, you know, go with my second book. Um, I never really had any intentions of rush, like seeking anyone out or doing an anthology thing. I was always like, I'm going to, if I can do this, I'm going to do it on my own. Cause you know, I, I'm not really into the whole mentality of waiting for someone, yeah. you know, I, 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 by the time the replacement was done, I was like, I have something good. Um, story wise, you know, we'll get into the, how I feel about my actual on the page writing. Maybe a, a little bit, a little bit, but uh, it was even a question of submitting or anything. It was just like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to go. And cause I feel comfortable with what I have. Yeah, no, fair enough. And like, and since then you, you mentioned the replacement, but you know, looking at some of your titles of some of your other releases, you've got booth, you've got the cool kids, which I, I read recently and enjoyed. And, um, if I could lift another day, which is it's actually my current read as we sit and record this, um, it's making me feel a lot of emotions, but um, but it's 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 great. I mean, I was going to ask you to tell me a bit about your style, but you just hinted as well, like your your thoughts on your own writing. So so let's combine the two. Like, give me a bit of a pitch for your style of writing, but also now you're a few years in and a few releases in. Like, when if you if you can put a bit of distance between you and your own writing and look back at it, like how how do you feel about how it's coming out on the page? The replacement. I'm, I'm very proud of the replacement. Now I'm into really deep into a really large scale project for my, my upcoming one, which whatever that will be. So I kind of looked back on, I haven't actually opened the book and read what's in the replacement, but uh, when I look back at them, like some things like, I know there's the stuff I would, probably cringe but i know there's some stuff that i was like i would do that differently <laughs> i think that's i think that's the evolution of um the beast 
I always use Stephen King as comparisons, so it's just coincidence that we're... But I always wonder when he was doing Doctor Sleep, he mentioned he'd gone back and he read The Shining. But I wonder how, you know, what were his thoughts when he was reading The Shining? Like, mm. this is... This is crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as, like, my style, yeah, I mean, it's just an evolution. Like, I definitely have my... My go-tos. I don't know, any author. Like, their go-to tropes or their you know what they focus on i'm very big into character development um as far as like genre style another thing i learned i learned from stephen king probably one of the most important things is is don't get pigeonholed because my first book was a thriller and um and you're you're reading my my, my latest one which was 2019 now and that was it's pretty much a love story about grief and dealing with grief and they, they couldn't be farther from one another. And, you know, if I go over things I have in my mind, whether it's at the forefront or like on the back burner for a later date, none of them are thrillers. Maybe one, maybe every one thriller left of me. So I didn't want to be pigeonholed as like a thriller, right? Just because I wrote a thriller. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just going to produce crap or I'm just not going to produce anything at all. So I don't want to, I don't ever want to force anything. If like an idea comes and like it just sits there floating and nothing comes of it, it's gonna float away. If something comes along and I build off that, I build off that, I'm gonna go with that. I don't care if it's a love story. I don't care if it it's my current one's horror, my last love story. Booth, which was my second one, was a sci-fi historical thriller, you know, um, hybrid. So I'm not I'm not really into the pigeonhole thing and you know that's either that's you know, King's big thing was like from The Shining to The Green Mile to, you know. I mean, I I feel like from the the stuff of yours I've read, there's definitely a there's, there's a warmth there. There's like a real personable quality, a real sort of like I'm gonna I'm telling you this story. Come and sit down and and listen to it, kind of thing. Which again feels quite Kingian in many ways. It's got you know you've got that you've got that ability to hook me in as a reader, and there's there's enough humanity through in there that sort of just really keeps me engaged throughout like is that something you've you've picked up from king or is that just a reflection of your your personality as well or is it a bit of both well i'm well sitting king is my my hands down my biggest influence like i'm not gonna lie about it but to say that he's i i'm drawing obviously i'm drawing influence because he's what i read the most but i write i've always said i write what i like to read and i just like to read i like to read stephen king so I'm pouring in my, what I'm putting on page, what I'm contrib, what I want to contribute. It just so happens that Stephen King and what I want to write are a very linked, very close together. I mean, it's the reason why I'm drawing Stephen King. Um, so obviously when I write, I'm going to write things that are, are similar to him and not to say like, I've learned, I've learned plenty from him, but, um, yeah, I, like, I just pour me. Like, I can, it it's, goes back to, like, writing whatever the story comes to mind is. It's, um, I'm going to put on the page whatever I feel it's the story, whether it's, I've wrote, written some grotesque things, and I've written some very, very warm things. Um, yeah. It's whatever the story needs. I'm yeah. not going to, again, don't be pigeonholed by, um, oh, I can't have this in my story because, uh, 
you know, I never, I only write love stories and, you know, wish you this, or I only write horror. I mean, there's love, there's love stories and plenty of horror. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to go where the story wants it to go, I guess. So I, oh God. No, no. Um, character development is my biggest thing. And I think I may have mentioned that. Yeah. If you may yeah. Yeah. A human's experience, every emotion across the board. I don't care if you're, you're being chased by a monster, you know, is, is your wife being chased, you know, chased by that monster too? And why is it so important? You know, I, I, I'm more believing in creating the characters and making people care about what they're reading. One of the horrors, biggest horror, my biggest gripe for some horror is that it's so focused on the, the horror aspect that like, I read something that pops up the page, I'm like, oh, that's cool or, you know, but like, I don't really care about about it so it ends up being like a three two and a half three star read because um you know like i, I didn't care to me it's all about the characters and that's something i definitely got from king but again that's why i love king like you said i'm writing what i want to read and i want to i want to care about my characters i always say if i pointed to you on the street and said oh that person down to a stranger that person has cancer you'd be like oh that, that's really terrible but you know god forbid knock on wood somebody cared about gets cancer that's going to destroy you it's it's the same same thing i always go to the cancer i should say married the other person is getting married that's nice but if it's like your sister or somebody you really care you always got is you always got to make the connection and, and faith it's, it's that is like a major driving force for kind of forgot what got me on this tangent but no no i get i get it it's it's just it's just nice to it's nice to hear people sort of working out what it is that makes them tick as well so so yeah i appreciate that you mentioned you are working on something at the moment like how how much more are you happy to to uh talk about that so this was actually my uh my first endeavor into writing um so like i said me and my friends were we were like toying with like the idea of like uh writing screenplays mm -hmm. we wrote like i mean we tried writing some comedy about like it was real crap. I think it was like <laughs> people who had to like compete at a beer pong tournaments to get their like earn tax money for like their grant, the house they inherited from the grant. It was it was obnoxious. It was like doing that American Pie like uh, beer movie and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, while I was doing that, I was like, oh, you know, what if uh, you know I came up with these other ideas, kind of like the idea that ended up being the replacement. Um, but also had an idea about like these kids on like a road trip, um, stopping at a, um, a ghost town, uh, California, California's infamous ghost towns from the, the mining towns from when through the gold rush. Um, so they stay there the night and at the end of the, the house infested by vampires. That's really all I had. So when I, when I wanted to, uh, start writing, I said, I'm going to try that one out. I wrote it like earlier. Wrote the whole thing from start to finish, and um, at the time I said, "Well, the, the market's flooded with vampire stuff. I'm not even gonna. I'm just going on something else." In hindsight, it, it it was not something that Unlucky never got released. It wasn't the the ideas was there. It just the what was on the page wasn't good. So I was like I said, I picked up the guitar like two minutes ago, and now I'm trying to put out an album. Yeah. Um. So. The idea was tough to make. Like I said, the story was there. I loved it. So I said, like, um, when the pandemic hit, 
I had a lot of time to to write, which I didn't take advantage of, but I did try to sit down. And that idea kept coming back to me. So I opened up a new file and I said, I'm going to use the old manuscript as like a very detailed um, outline, which mm -hmm. funny enough, 12 years later, um, 13 years later, I still remember every, like almost every detail of what, because I haven't gone back to that manuscript. I, I remember the points. So it, was, it all, uh, how much it stuck with me. I, I remember everything. So I, I've been, I've been building off of, off of what I had. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't do much during the pandemic, but suddenly like when the world opens up again, I'm inspired to write. So I've been, I've been writing a lot, a lot. Um, I'm worried about how much I'm writing because right now I'm almost, I'm over 200,000 words. Wow. And I might be over the halfway mark. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't know. Like it's, it's going to be probably close to 500,000 words. So I'll have to do some heavy duty editing and, and, uh, formatting when I actually try to into the format to be printed mm -hmm. little things like shrinking fonts and stuff. You know, I can make it, but I think it's going to end up being like 800 pages. Um, but I'm really loving what, what, what I'm getting down on the page. But this is kind of my tribute to Dracula sounds a lot. Mm -hmm. As Salem's Lot was a tribute to Dracula, and they're two of my all-time favorite novels, and they probably wouldn't inspired me. In addition to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was my all-time favorite TV show growing up, yeah, um, they probably inspired me to to write this. Um, so I'm not really looking to write like a, you know, to retell Dracula or or Salem's Lot. Definitely looking to nod little nods here and there to yeah. uh, pay homage to the past. So that's. That's why I have it. Like I said, I'm delving into horror. This is my uh, my first attempt at full blown horror. Nice, nice. Well, look forward to uh, to getting getting my eyes and and hands on that chunky beast whenever it's ready. But um, great. Well, we we we've obviously mentioned King a lot already in this chat. I mean, and you're there with your your constant reader t shirt on and plenty of Pennywises and stuff in the background. I feel like I've already got a sense of like. So what King means to you and what effect it's had on your writing. But I think people who follow you on Instagram, they'll know you're a King collector as well as a reader. What is it about him for you that has, has taken you from just someone who enjoys his work to that? I don't want to say obsession because it conjures up Annie Wilkes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that, that next level of fandom, like what, what is it about King that has, has given you that particular passion for what he does? Well, first of all, if King drives into a snowplow near my house, I'm, I'm dragging him back. <laughs> I might hold off on calling the authorities, you know, and the sign and some stuff, make sure he he finishes something maybe that I want to, him to work on. Yeah. Stephen King, uh, I love and hate Stephen King, that's I think. Like, I either love or I hate somebody. Like, authors. Like, there are authors, like, they love them. And there's authors I don't hate. And then there's authors that are like in the middle. But like Stephen King like resides across the board. Like I love, I have a very, we have, we talk about fairy tale. I told you we wouldn't talk about yeah. it much. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I feel like if you have that much passion towards somebody on, on every side, both love and hate, that, that they're doing something that, that, you know, sticks, you know, is, digging deeper than just other authors and the same thing with music music is one of the 
things that can dig the deepest inside of a human being. I think the deepest, mm. I, I more so than writing or, or art. I know it's different for everybody, but I think music is probably, if you took a poll, would be the universal. That is what digs the deepest in a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those, the bands that we're most passionate about, for me, it's Metallica. You love and, and you hate that. Like, yeah. It's, it's weird to say, like, so Stephen King manages to do that to me. Um, it's just, I think, you know, it, it's how he makes you care about those characters. And it's how he, he creates this bar. So when he doesn't hit it, you're, you're, you're like angry at him. But when he does hit it or, or surpasses it, like you're like, like 11, 22, 63. Um, I'm going to steal this from from when I was having a conversation with somebody from the Losers Club. We were talking about 11, 22, 63. And he's like, when I finished, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he had this in him after all this time. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like, to, to read something like that and be like, holy crap, you know? That'd be like, that'd be like Metallica releasing another Master of Puppets right now, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely from the, yeah. Like, Metallica, I won't say they're going through the motions or like King. I go, I don't want to say King's going through the motions, although if we talk about it, we can talk about his later work, um, <laughs> which, but to, yeah, to, to have that, to have that still in you, um, it's inspiring. It's, it's, or it, it, it's, it like flaws me, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, just not a writer today. We're like, uh, Robert McCammon, James Herbert, guys like these, the writers I really enjoy, but it's just, it's just something else to him that there's more, maybe because like the way I connect to another writer, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just different. It's just different. You know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to repeat that, but that, yeah, that's the truth. yeah, I'm sure you get it. I'm sure you get it. I'm sure you don't have to be a writer to get it. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it completely. Definitely. So. I've asked all of the guests on this series to pick out one King release in particular to to go in on a little more detail. And you've gone for Salem's Lot, which um, is an absolute class. You've already given her a shout out already. And we'll we'll get on to that next question. But I was curious, like, would, did you have any other like honorable mentions that almost made your list that, that were almost the ones you picked for this question? I think you asked me for a backup download better gig. Yeah, it was probably it was probably 11.22.63 or Joyland. Mm-hmm. We just talked about 112263. 112263. Like, how did he? I was add that in him. Like, the ending blew me away. And Joyland is another one where the ending completely had me um, floored. Like, uh, I'll tell a little story about Joyland. It was 2013 it was released, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. That year, for some reason, I dedicated myself. Like, I wanted to read a book that was going to make me cry. So like I'm reading like the sparks and like I don't know like every book I could think of um, that I would think would make me cry. Eventually, the fault in our stars actually got me like one morning. Like I finished it up, I'm like I'm tearing up, I'm crying. But Joyland almost got me. Joyland almost got me a few weeks earlier. I'm glad it didn't because I was in the car before work. I was just finishing up because I had some time. And then, uh, yeah, I'm reading it and like, oh, I'm like, holy crap, like goes back to it. Like, can't believe he had this, this in him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a joint land. And if one more has to go revival, because that is probably his best horror that he's done. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I was just, I always sit just in a new king 2010 and beyond for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, under the dome. But yeah, that was probably that. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed revival. Yeah. Those are, those, those are, those are my shout outs, my honorable mention. Okay, great. Well, let's, let's go on to Salem's lot then. So this is, I mean, you, you, yeah, you mentioned, I did ask you for backups, but you also, you basically instantly were like, I'm doing Salem's lot and I will fight people for it. Um, so, you know, I mean, I mean, I've, I've put in my notes, you, you claimed it with the hunger of a vampire with blood in their nostrils, which, um, I wish I'd read before I just muttered a bit before, cause that was quite nice. And now I feel a bit of a fool for not reading my own notes, but anyway, it's King's second published book from 1975. It's still one that a lot of people have at the top of their list of not only favorite King books, but favorite books. So, I mean, let's start with the big open-ended question. Why, why Salem's Lot? Well, my favorite story of all time is, is Dracula. Mm-hmm. I think, I, will, I always say people, I respect their opinions, but I'll fight people over, over the like, who say Dracula is not scary. Dracula, Dracula to me is, is still, is still very terrifying. Um, and you can trace the lineage from, from Dracula to Salem, Salem's Lot. Like you can't, I think probably says in the, in the, the prologue, the prologue, I'm sorry, the forward. That he he it was his his Dracula, yeah. Um, so that that was a, that was it. Like when I first started reading King, Misery was my uh, technically on writing was my first book because um, that was the advice I was given when I asked my friend who had published like you got any advice for me? So I'm gonna try this out and said you got to read on writing. Mm-hmm. And I also had a friend whose curriculum in college because he was English lit was based around on writing. Okay. So both of them um, told me to read on writing. But I had a friend, a huge Stephen King fan, and I told him I was going to pick up some stuff by him. Um, and he said, you have to get Salem's Lot. Like, you you love Buffy, man. You love Dracula. You know, this is right up your alley. I went Misery probably because of the, it was infamous. Yep. You know, it was probably going to be that or The Shining or something like that. But after that, I went, I went right to Salem's Lot, and, and that's where, like, I knew King was able, granted, I, I didn't have much experience reading at the time. I guess I wasn't much of a reader up until maybe my mid 20s. That was the first time I knew King, King was on another level, um, especially when the Glick brothers are in the woods. <laughs> Just that to me, it's, and this is, goes back to why, why King, why he resonates differently. Um, to me, it's never with King the monster, you know. But even though it's not the vampires or it's not the clown, it's not the haunted house, it's the situations that you're in where like I can take myself and put myself in that situation. Um, Gerald's game is one that really stands out about this being handcuffed, like thinking about being handcuffed alone in the middle of nowhere with no one around. That gives me anxiety. Uh, going back to Salem's lot. The Glick Brothers in the woods. I remember reading that and thinking about being. I then mean as a kid, but being as an adult, being lost in the woods. Is it the sun setting or is the sun already down? It's been maybe two years since I read it. Um, but why around? Yeah, around that time, isn't it? About time of death. Around. Yeah. Um, just it's it's a terrifying thing to think about, and I put myself there. So that that's that's really how King gets me. I think that 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 scene is when I when I knew, you know, I, I was like, I love this book, and I I love this this author. He's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so is that your favorite scene or, or is there, is there stuff that happens sub- subsequently that pips it? I think that really um, is what the catalyst for loving the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the scene where, uh, I don't remember the guy, the guy who's digging in the grave after the Glick boys. Uh, oh, oh yeah. well, or, I mean, the book's for what? It's old now? Yeah, I mean, let's let's not worry too much about spoilers for books. If you haven't read it yet, if you haven't read it yet, A, read it, and then come back to this, or 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, when the, the Glick boy's grave is being dug after the funeral, there's a sense of I forget I forget the the, the grave digger's name, but it's just a feeling like he's being washed, right? Hmm. Yeah. So that that really that was unsettling. There's just a lot of unsettling things that don't have to do with vampires, uh, and and that's actually stuff I'm applying to my own writing. Like, if you don't mind me going back to Dracula, because they're all it's all connected. Dracula appears in the very beginning of the book. Um, and again, spoiler, but now the book's 150 years old. So <laughs> yeah. this on you. And he appears at the very end. In the whole middle, there's this whole, like, which I could argue is the, maybe the most unsettling parts of the book, is where Dracula's not even there. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's like all that foreboding. And I think King brings that into a lot into... To Salem's Lot, although I think Barlow is, is, and this might turn into a whole bunch of rambling. So <laughs> Barlow's more work. in Barlow's more involved in the book than, than Dracula. I think is in Dracula, mm-hmm. but it's all stuff like that that I've I've taken from from Salem's Lot and Dracula. I'm applying to my own like very much like what's in the dark, mm-hmm. and that's I, I do have vampires. I do have I will have vampires. I will have scenes that are very hands on, but to me, I'm, it's more like. It's, it's not even like intentional. It's just what comes to me. It's very much like what is what is around us that that freaks me out, and that maybe why the beings in the woods or being, like I said, with Gerald's game, being handcuffed in the middle of nowhere, the sun sets at night. I know there's a whole, you know, another part of that uh, Gerald's game that really is meant to creep you out, like with what goes bump in the night. Mm-hmm. But just that's what's unsettling. It's not it, to me. It's not about. Um, it's not about the clown. It's not about the vampire. It's more about like I'm repeating myself. But you get the point. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how about how about the town itself? Because this is like the first King novel where he really tackles giving us a, a small town, building the town, showing us not just a couple of characters, but really giving us a sense of the whole place. Like how how do you feel about Jerusalem's lot as a town? Is it Stupid question. Is it somewhere you'd want to go? Is it somewhere you'd like? What what's, what sort of vibes do you get from this book? I, I love it. Like King, King's a master of character development. Um, I'm glad you brought the town. Like when I go on rambling, just pull me back because that was <laughs> that's great. Um, but King's character development, whether it's uh, Jerusalem's Lot, whether it's Derry, Midworld, the Castle Rock. They uh, and again, I think this is I'm stealing from uh, the Losers Club with with, with this. Um, that his towns are are characters mm-hmm. on their own, and it's the it's the people that that just does the, especially with selves. I think maybe he something. Wave uh, Castle Rock is a little on par with how much he he's able to build the town through the the lens of of the people 
And another, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back and forth with my writing and this book with King or King in general, horrors of, of humanity. Like he's showing how terrible people can be. Like horror isn't just like the, the vampires or, or the crazy dog or the haunted uh, hotel. It's the alcoholism. It's, it's the mom who she can't, can't take a crying baby or, or uh, the person having the wife, having the affair with, you know, it's all, all this, all this stuff that, is uh it adds it adds the heart so king and all this all this conversation will bring me back to that question to why king yeah um it's it's layer it's not just one dimensional horror which i said going back to what i said about a big problem in horror is that it's very one dimensional people are so focused on the scare um i have beta readers right now like people I, I trust to read the first draft which is essentially a bag of garbage yeah i love sift sift through later but they're like hey you want to see if you look in this bag of garbage for me see if there's anything in it you like <laughs> uh a lot of it's like this there's a lot of you know character development you know and you know in the beginning less horror and i'm kind of like swinging the pendulum more but to me it's like well that's my mentality like there's there's more horror than just what goes bump in the night there's horror yeah. within us and we see that a lot with, with King, like, uh, Percy Whitmore, Green mm-hmm. Mile. Terrible fucking human being. Can I cut yeah. this on here? Yeah, you can, definitely. You're getting explicit? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, King create, King create some really terrible uh, human beings. Uh, what's the one from The Body who appears Pace, again in the... Pace Merrow. Pace Merrow, yeah. No, no, is is he? No, Pop Merrow, I'm thinking. But yeah, Ace Merrow, you're correct. Terrible, and like going back to what you're saying, uh, to what you originally asked before I go went on yet. Yeah, <laughs> Jerusalem's lot is is a character because it's it's a town. A, a, a small town is a, in real life is a character because yes, like, they always say I I I've never lived in a small town. I've lived in suburbia, suburban America my whole life. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows everybody's uh, business. Yeah, and yeah. not everyone's business is going to be great. So the reader should know everyone's business. Yeah, so King, King, King. Like I said, that's probably why he stands up above the rest because he just—I can just say this: yeah, this is the town of Jerusalem's lot. Here come the vampires. No, he has to do this whole. Yeah, yeah. Another character I wanted to ask about, and it's one that you know, you Salem's Lot is generally a highly praised book, but. The, I guess one criticism I often see is is of how of Ben Mears basically and him as a character and and people not necessarily liking him and there's always the joke I think my turn to steal from the Losers Club there's always a bit of a joke that he's he was this kind of idealized hunk version of seventies King almost like what what do you think of Ben as as the as the leading man in this one? So when I listened to the episode of Salem's, I was probably the first episode I listened to um, Losers Club Christmas, my, my favorite book. I, I remember what they were saying about about Ben. Uh, I remember what they were all saying about Ben, and at that time I had only read Salem's Lot once. So I, I read it, listened to it two times since then. Um, and so I went into it thinking like, alright, I'm going to pay attention to Ben because of what they said on Losers Club. I don't 
don't see it. Like to me, he's he's not. If you if people said, "Well, who's your favorite antagonist?" It would never Ben would even cross my mind. So I guess he didn't leave like a strong impression. Like Alan <laughs> Alan Pangborn, who are in who's in two lesser, way lesser known books than, than say Salem's Lot, which Salem's Lot, I guess we could agree, is on, in the upper echelon mm-hmm. of King. He, he would come to mind way before somebody like uh, Ben Mears would. Yeah. But I guess it's just not memorable. What bothers me mostly in Salem's Lot is, and, and a lot with Stephen King, is like the development of the love story. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, mate, I, I've always written under the guise of it's had to have happened to somebody in life, so it's not completely out of the door. Like, you can write anything. <laughs> but, like, I feel like King's characters just, like, fall in love in such, like, a corny, like, drastic, like, quick, quick. Like, he met Susan in the park, and then the next thing, that like, in love two days later. Mm. To me, that that was my, my biggest gripe, and I guess I connects back to Ben because he's part of that relationship. But Ben individually, like I said, he's like a non-factor to me. Like, so who who is your favorite character in Salem's Lot? Barlow? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a, a bunch. Um, Straker. I love Straker. Uh, I didn't like Susan. Su- Susan is Susan or Ben? Uh, or uh, Suzanne? Susan, yeah. Susan. Um, Callahan. I, I love Callahan's story arc. Uh, and how it essentially plays forward in King War. Yeah. Um, that I won't spoil. <laughs> uh, the uh, the English teacher. I forget his Not name. Back. Oh, wait. Do you have, are you just, yeah, you, your memory just this much better than mine, or you have notes? No, I've not, I don't have notes. I just happen to, yeah, I, I just happen to have a, a brain for names occasionally. Yeah, and and uh, the child is with Ben at, at the end. Uh, Wait, Mark. Uh, like the, Mark Petrie. That's it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the. I guess I pretty much named all the characters. Yeah, yeah. I I, I dislike all the characters I'm supposed to dislike. Susan, Susan's mother. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I like I said Susan. I always say dislike. She's kind of like Ben, where she's just there. Yeah. Serving her purpose. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, oh, that book has a lot of good characters that I guess. Not a, maybe except for Callahan, in the scope of things, I would never like point to them as a character that I really enjoyed. But now that we're focusing on it, I really enjoyed most of the characters in that book. So we've got we, you're a fan of the book, obviously. Are you are you a fan of the the two previous adaptations of this one? And also, are you you know we're supposed to be getting we're supposed to be getting another one in 2023. Do do you have much hope for that? Like um. Where do the adaptations um, rank for you? I never saw the, was it Rob Lowe? Yeah. yeah. I never saw the Rob Lowe one. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I even saw the original in its entirety. I obviously remember scenes, whether it's from last year when I was younger or from being so infamous now amongst King fans with uh, Glick, Danny Glick in the window. Yep. Um, Barlow screaming or, you know, the scene in the coffin. Yep. So I wanted to, I wanted to watch it last year, but being an adult sucks, and you're it's like a three hour total yeah. miniseries, and I'm like I don't want to. <laughs> Maybe one day, I am excited for 
But then I, I am excited for the upcoming movie, which it has to be coming out because of a tie-in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cover. But then again, I was like, excited for Pet Cemetery. I was excited for the Dark Tower. Yeah. So I feel like we're I feel like we're due one where our excitement actually pays off and we're not disappointed for a change. It feels like it's been a while now. So I'm hopeful. I mean, I, I'm always hopeful with these things, but yeah, there's there's got there's got to be there's got to be a good tight adaptation in there that works. Surely, I wish Mike Flanagan was doing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I honestly wish Mike Flanagan was doing everything scary, but everything king. Uh, have you seen? Uh, wow, brain fart. I love the freaking thing too. Midnight Mass. I have not. I've not got. I don't have Netflix, so it's it's something that I will try and watch at some point. But I've heard only good things about it. It's amazing. It's amazing. But I, I feel like he did it because he didn't get the right sound a lot. Mm. This is like, well, screw it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's amazing. A very, you, you can just see the King influences in his, his direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I look forward to the 2023. And okay. Hopefully not that. Yeah. Okay. So, so last question on, um, on Salem's lot, um, just a, a, a very short, sharp one. I wanted to give. I want you to give me a three-word summary that would convince someone who has never read Salem's Lot to go and give it a try. It's absolutely terrifying. Great, nailed it. Well, we are almost done, Jason. Um, and thank you so much for your time. It's been a, it's been a really great chat. But um, before I let you go, and I should point out this isn't optional. We're doing this before we finish the chat. But just to give you a heads up, we've we've got to complete the quick fire. 19 question king challenge so like i say it's not optional but my only question for you now is are you ready to give it a go yeah cool so let's jump into it so a bunch of quick fire questions um generally just just tell me your answer if you've got a particular explanation you want to give feel free but um the 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 more rapid fire the better i reckon so what was the first king book you read technically on writing but uh fiction misery okay and what was the most recent King book you read? Daily Fairy Tale. <laughs> I'm tempted to ask you which Metallica album you think Fairy Tale is, but then that will deviate into another conversation about Metallica. But I unless I okay, see, I like Saint Anger, so I, I like it. Just yeah, I okay, yeah. Unfair question. No, <laughs> they're all good. Fairy Tale, I just didn't like. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Um, I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, what's your all-time favorite King? Uh, obviously sounds a lot, but I will admit that Green Mile would be a 1B. Okay. And what about your all-time least favorite king? Well, uh, you think I'm going to say fairy tale, don't I? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Now, there's, a, there's actually like maybe six books below fairy tale. Okay. Uh, Girl Little Tom Gordon. Okay. Interesting. I, I struggle to get into that because I don't understand baseball, but I, on reread, I got a lot more out of it, but... Okay, so that's interesting. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll listen to it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about the audio. Um, what do you think is King's most underrated book? Needful Things or Revival. But okay. my, I always say Needful Things. Like, I've, I've got answers about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this one will suit you being a, a collector. What's your favorite King cover art? So this was a little difficult because there's so much considering he's had maybe like 50 editions of it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I've got off, I've got off, uh, first print covers. Okay. Uh, the bizarre bad dreams. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. And what about so the the American version? And I uh, don't want to sound like I'm bashing you, UK people. The UK editions aren't that great. No, later, later the other years. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Um, and what about your least favorite artwork? The night shift hardcover, which is essentially nothing. Mm. It just says a print of it's like a drop of blood. It says night shift. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah, okay. What's the one King book you could recommend to anyone? Uh, Green Mile. But can I just go back a second? Yeah. What the the worst cover being Night Shift? Mm-hmm. Although Bizarre Bad Dreams is the first, well, the coolest first print. The soft cover of Night Shift with the the hand. Yes. The eyes. Yeah. Has to be one of my favorite favorite covers. So he he holds one of my favorites and my least favorite, with the same book. <laughs> yeah, with the same book. <laughs> okay, so the the king book you could recommend to anyone is the Grey Mile. Okay, and what's your favorite King adaptation? The Grey Mile. And your least favorite? Shockingly, I said great. I haven't seen them all. Um, and now that I'm reading, the, I'm about to say The Shining, because I, I did not like The Shining, but The, the Last Pet Cemetery or The, the Dark Tower, mm-hmm. might, I didn't really consider those. Like, it's always been The Shining for me. Okay. Those, those other ones are very bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, which King character would you most like to have make a cameo in something that you write? Ollie, so I can chill her off. <laughs> nice. Um... And which King book or story would you say is most similar to your style of writing? I don't think anything old where he really he really focuses. I mean, he still focuses on the characters, but he does it because there's evolution in King. So mm-hmm. more how he did character development, maybe in his older days. Okay. And for this one, I want you to give me just one King book for each of these. So one King book to keep forever. One to read only once, and one to delete from existence. So we say only once, just like read it once, and then it, then it's done. Like sh- okay, yeah. Sell so will be my keep forever, mm-hmm. obviously. Bag of Bones will be my read only once. Although there are a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because I'm actually planning to listen to Bag of Bones, so I kind of just negated my. <laughs> I'm about to read it, but okay, whatever. And I'm not going to say fairy tale for the one to leap from existence. Dreamcatcher. Okay. And then final five of this quick fire round is like a, an either or question. So simply just give, give me one or the other. So um, first of all, the book or the movie? The book. The stand or it? It. So would you rather have a, ho- a holiday in Derry or stay for a night at the Overlook? Overlook. Okay. Short story or a full novel? Full novel. And lastly, would you rather go for walkies with Cujo or have a weekend away with Annie Wilkes? Have a good time with him. That kind of good time. <laughs> but, but, you know, if it means not getting my leg chopped off, then maybe I will have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Jason, that wraps us up. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, before we before we um head off into the sunset, um, where can people find you? Where can they find your work? Where, where can they get in touch with you? All of those kind of things. 
I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm more active on, on Instagram. Jason Pellegrini books on Instagram. I think it's J Pellegrini 1983 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find my books on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Definitely. I don't know about, was that Waterstone? Don't mm -hmm. okay, when you They're owned by the same company, but I don't know if they're available there. Um, and my website, uh, oh, also Amazon Kindle and my website, jasonpellegrinibooks.com. If you order from there, you'll will get a, a signed copy delivered. I also have bundle deals that are discounted at checkout. And if you are one of those people who don't want to, you know, give more money to the corporate juggernauts, mm -hmm. which I'm guilty of, uh, I, I do get more money out of, uh, in my pocket from website sales than say Amazon. They don't need no, they don't. So go to Jason's website, get his oh, books, si get them signed. Sign book, sign book. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Jason, thank you so much. That's been a lot, a lot of fun. Um, really looking forward to seeing your own vampire epic once it's done. And um, yeah, take care. It's been great chatting. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. So there we go. Huge thanks to Jason for his time. I think that was a great conversation and really terrific to go a bit deeper on Salem's Lot and of course find out more about all of the things Jason has got going on. You'll find the links to everything he mentioned in the description on this episode, so do go and check out Jason's work and support him. And as I mentioned at the start, you can sign up to my mailing list, which gets you some free short fiction from me just for signing up. And of course, you can pick up the Ultimate Stephen King quiz book from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Links, again, are in the description. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend who might think it a worthwhile listen as well. Uh, go and check out the rest of the series if you haven't done so, so far. And of course, be sure to come back again for another Constant Writer very, very soon. Ciao.